Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're talking about car and car repair issues and stuff like that. So you're welcome to join us. And the easy way to do it is just give us a call, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And uh, we start off with what kind of car do you have, what make and model, how many miles, and then your question. And it can be, a, ladies, you can ask a question um, that your husband wants to answer, but he's too chicken to call in. And <laughs> and really nothing's off limits. Um, and if I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. But typically there's some kind of a discussion that goes along with that. And um, that's the easy part of of putting it all together is is just the uh, the, the discussion. So six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. It it's right now in the in the industry of car repair, and I'm talking about all the different levels: uh, the mom and pop repair shop, the chain store, the tire store, the quick loop store, the car dealers, the independent big, the independent small, the independent chain. All of those places were in in flux. Um, part of the problem, no, let me change that. All of the problem has to do with your new car and its maintenance schedule. M- very few of you have read your owner's manual, but if you do, you'll find out that we no longer do 3,000-mile oil changes. We do 10 and 15,000-mile oil changes. You'll find out that you, you don't need to do your transmission fluid every year. You can do it every 100,000 miles. You don't need your cooling system flushed every year or every two years. You can do it 100,000 miles. So a lot of your fluids are 100,000 miles, and they're premium synthetic fluids, and that's okay for your car. And Arizona doesn't make it special. And I don't care what anybody else tells you. But the best money-saving opportunity you have is, is to know what the maintenance schedule is on your car when you take it in. So just open up the owner's manual, go to the maintenance schedule, and it says you're, you're at 30000 So you look at the 30000 line and you see what's due. That's all. Don't let anybody sell you anything more. You see, what's going on now is is that we don't get to see you every 3,000 miles anymore. Now, I've been working on cars since 1968. I know what it's like to put a door sticker on a car for 3,000 miles. I also know what I also have seen people in our industry not put 3,000-mile oil change sticker, put a 2,000-mile oil change sticker on it to get you in 1,000 miles early. Obviously, we are in the business to make money, and obviously we do that by servicing your cars. The idea is, is that many, many places in town all over the United States are sticking to the 3,000-mile, 5,000-mile interval, and that's in their best interest and not yours. There's only one day a week that goes by that I don't get an email that talks about, I took my car in to an independent shop, a chain store, a dealership, and they told me I needed this laundry list of stuff uh, on my car. Well, I can just look at the year and in a few seconds come up with a plan that's based on your owner's manual. But that's what you need to do. You need to look at your owner's manual. And when you go in, look at your owner's manual and see what's due. 
if they try to sell you anything more than that, it's okay to have that conversation. Why is it, Mark, that you think I should change my my uh, transmission fluid at 30,000 miles when my manual says 100,000 miles? Well, you live in Arizona. Well, isn't this... I didn't get an Arizona manual. Can you get me an Arizona manual? Well, no, huh? Well, so is, is there an Arizona manual? I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you, there is no such thing as an Arizona manual. That manual is written for that car. And we don't care if it's sold from Washington State to Florida, from Maine to San Diego. We don't care. The fact of the matter is, is no matter where that car is at, that manual is written for that car. If you think that you're going to change the transmission fluid every 3,000 miles or 30,000 miles and it's going to last forever, you got another thing coming. If you think by flushing your cooling system that your water pump's never going to fail and your hose is never going to fail, you got another thing coming. So just stick to the owner's manual. That's all. Just stick to the owner's manual. Take your manual out of your car and put one of those little sticky things on it that goes to the maintenance schedule. And on the left-hand side, it has all the list of stuff that needs to be done. And on the top of the sheet, it has all the mileage and stopping points. Oftentimes, it'll have a mile or a month. So it'll say 36 months or 36,000 miles or something like that. But don't let anybody talk you into anything that you don't need. But, and there's always a but, it can sound like this. Do you tow a lot with your truck? Yes, I do. Okay, your fluid's pretty brown. I've taken the liberty of taking your dipstick out. Why don't you just walk out here with me? I'm going to pull your dipstick out, and I'm going to wipe it off with this white paper towel. And then I'm going to go over here, and this is the fluid that your truck should have in it. And I'm going to stick my dipstick in this brand new fluid and wipe it off with a paper towel. One is brown, one is cherry pink. That's the difference in your fluid. Your fluid's been hot, and it's dirty. And I'm thinking it's because you tow. Yes, I do. I tow a trailer. I go hunting a lot. I do this. I do that. Okay. Well, because of the color of the fluid, I'm suggesting you change the transmission fluid. Because this is, you saw me pull the dipstick out of your truck, and you saw me wipe it off with a white towel. You know this is yours. And so that's kind of how it works. That's how, that's how it's supposed to work. Unfortunately, we have people that are at the front counter that have been trained otherwise. And the training there is, is, is throw a couple of things on the table. They're all going to be in the 150 to $300 range. Throw something on the table and stop after you get two. <laughs> so, um, have you had a transmission service lately? No, I, I don't think I have. Okay, well, you're, how many miles do you have on that? 27,000. Okay, well, you're due for that. Would you like me to do that while your car is here? That's the kind of conversation you're going to have. But you could say, what does my owner's manual say with respect to the transmission? Well, the owner's manual doesn't apply to Arizona. You'll hear that. I want to just, when I hear that, I just don't know what to do. All I can think of is bad words. The idea that there's, and then if that's the case, then you say, well, why don't you order me an Arizona manual and call me, here's my business card, and call me when it comes in. I'll come and pick it up because there is no such thing as an Arizona owner's manual. So these are all the things that you have to work with. But most of you, I had a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about oil. And he puts synthetic oil in his car, and he changes it every 3,000 miles. Synthetic oil is made to go between eight and 12,000 and even 15,000 miles, depending on the owner's manual. So why are you changing your oil so soon? Well, because I want to. That's fine, as long as you understand that your motor's not going to love you anymore if you change the oil every 1,000 miles as opposed to every 12,000 miles. All the fleet of, of cars that, that 
my family owns, and there's more than 30 of them, have an annual service on them. <laughs> we pretty much, except my truck. Um, I'm running my truck, I'm running a synthetic diesel oil in it, and I'm running my truck at about 8 to 10 and sometimes 12,000 mile intervals. And if I go over 12, then it's usually in the 10 month of the year, the 11th month of the year, and I'll go get an oil change. But I do check my oil, so when I get fuel, I, I check every other time. The idea is is that I don't have to go in for an oil change every three or five or six or eight thousand miles because I'm using a synthetic and I know it'll work good and I know my motor's going to like it and I know that the my manual says if you use the oil we recommended then you don't have to do your oil changes at three thousand miles anymore. Your car's not going to know the difference and it's not going to love you anymore. The fact of the matter is is all it does is butter up our bread. All you're doing is is adding sales to our bottom line and we make more money if we can talk you into doing the feel-good routine, which is your car's going to love you more if you change your uh, all your fluids at 30 instead of 100. So those are the kinds of issues that you have. But if you just look at your owner's manual just once, just dog-ear that page, and then every time you go in for service, you can say to them, I'm due for a power steering flush. Whew. We hear that maybe once a month. Once a month, maybe. Some people don't even have it in their owner's manual, and that's just a call. So what you do is you pull the dipstick out of the reservoir, and you wipe it on a clean, white piece of paper. Then you take new fluid, and you wipe it on the clean, white piece of paper, and you say, there's yours, and there's new. You can't tell the difference. There's no reason to change your power steering fluid, because there is no difference. On the other hand, this side is chocolate brown, and you can see flakes of metal in it. And this side is cherry red that looks like raspberry soda, sh- strawberry soda, and there is no flakes. So I think we should flush your power steering just because of the fluid and because of the little metal flakes. I'm not thinking you're going to have a problem because we shed metal when we pump fluid. So when we have a hydraulic pump that's belt-driven, we're going to have a little bit of metal in the oil. It's normal. And so you want to flush it or not? That's kind of how the conversation goes. But our industry, the repair industry, the maintenance industry is struggling because of the long, the long printed intervals on all the stuff that we make pretty good money on. Cooling system flushes, transmission services, brake fluid flushes, engine oil changes, um, spark plugs. Most of you are at 10,000 miles. Just take my word for that one. At 10,000, you can do between 75 and, and, and 100 if you want. I don't care. But the spark plugs of today are not like the Champion and the Motorcraft and the Ford and the AC Delco of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. It's not that way anymore. These spark plugs cost sometimes 25 and $30 a piece. <laughs> so they're not the same. You're not going to replace them at 10 and 12,000 miles. These spark, spark plugs will last forever. My wife has 114,000 miles on her Ford Edge, and she bought the Ford Edge against my better judgment. And I don't think we've ever done spark plugs on it. I'm waiting for there to be a check engine light for a misfire code or for her to say, you know, there's times it just doesn't idle rough. It just, there's times it idles rough. And then I'll say, okay, let's do spark plugs. So, But, but at the same time, at the 100,000-mile mark, we did all of her fluids and all of her rubber. So all of her hoses, all of her belts, and all of her fluids. So we did that. 
But those are the kinds of issues that you have. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, we can cover boats and motorhomes and cars and trucks and what's the difference between this and that and uh, and stuff like that. My job is to help you guide you through the maze of different ideas on how you ought to maintenance, perform maintenance on your car. Yours is to pick which one works best for you. The most difficult one is Grandma Moses, who puts 5,000 miles a year on her car. That's the hard one. And in my case, I have lots of elderly women and men that do business with us, and we have them all on a, a semi-synthetic oil, and they're at the five, six, seven thousand 7,000-mile range a year, and we bring them in just before the summer gets hot. So we send them a card and say, you're due for an oil change. Obviously, I don't know how many miles they've driven, but the oil I've got will last a year based on historical mileage, and I want to change their oil just at the beginning of the summertime, April, um, February, March, April, somewhere around there, and have them go through the summer with fresh oil. That's the purpose of what we do for, for our customers. On the other hand, we've got customers out there that do 3,000 miles a year. We put cheap oil in their car, good oil, but not a synthetic or not a semi-synthetic. We put a conventional oil in their car, and we call them in every 5,000 miles. That's it. 602-508-0960. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Cards issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider Ramp, a better corporate card and spend management platform. Instead of points, Ramp gives you cash back with every purchase. Ramp software puts real money in your pocket. Plus, total control over who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's integrated software lets you close your books in hours instead of days. Time is money. Save both with Ramp. Now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash join. R-A-M-P dot com slash join. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. 
we stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we're required to broadcast some types of political advertising by the FCC. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore, the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and sometimes we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Well, it's 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday, we're here talking about car and car repair problems and stuff like that. And you're more than welcome welcome to join us. And you're more than welcome to uh, give us a call, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And uh, it, we'll take your call. And Gil's the one that answers the phone. He's going to go, KKNT, can I get your first name? And you give him your first name. And then he says, okay, we'll put you in queue. And I'll tell Mark you're waiting. And that's kind of how it works out. The uh, the the most popular thing that we've talked about in the last two months has been China, and China and auto parts, folks. Um, as you can well imagine, no matter how much I try to stay away from conversations that involve cars and parts and repairs and maintenance and stuff like that, it kind of follows me around. the The idea is is that um, China uh, parts from China are bad, and parts in China are this, and on and on and on and on. The fact of the matter is is that there is no such thing as a factory that makes your Chevy, your Ford, your Dodge parts, um, Honda, Toyota, none of those cars. Um, there's just no factory that makes it. Now, there may be some sheet metal factories that make door shells and hoods and trunks and stuff. But as far as what's underneath your hood, it can be purchased anywhere in the world. Friends of mine are in that kind of business, so they work for people who have parts and want to sell parts, and they get plans, and they go to China. I'll tell you a story, and it's true, and I'll put you in touch if you wanted to check my my honesty. I'll put you in touch with the guy that negotiated the deal. Um, so he goes to, to China, and he has a motor mount, and it happens to be the top mount of a Nissan Altima. He finds a guy there who there that makes motor mounts. Now, motor mounts is two pieces of flat metal with a big rubber donut that's vulcanized in between the two pieces of metal. The motor mount's job is, is the vibration of the motor is not transferred to the car frame, to the dashboard, the steering wheel, the seat that you sit on. So we have this rubber pillow between two big flat pieces of metal that have holes in them so we can mount half of it to the motor and half of it to the frame. But it insulates the engine from the rest of the car. That's what a motor mount is. But it's important that it insulate it. It doesn't pass the vibration from the engine to the frame of the car. So anyway, he goes there. Here's the story. It costs this guy $8.25 to make the mount and put it in a box. He, he, We then, our representative from the United States, then buys hundreds of thousands of those mounts, tens of thousands, whatever. Lots and lots of those mounts for $8.50. So the guy in China made 25 cents a mount. That's all. 
Now, that goes on a big barge, a big boat, and it's probably in one of those big shipping containers, and all of those motor mounts come to the western United States, and there's going to be some cost associated with that transportation. Once they hit the western United States, those big shipping containers are going to be put in a box on a truck, and they're going to haul to what we call warehouses all over the United States that my shop pulls parts from. So those motor mounts are shipped into distribution centers, and then from there they're shipped into warehouses, and then the warehouses sell to me. Where you buy parts, which is like AutoZone and O'Reilly's and uh, Napa and CarQuest, it's okay. They're kind of end users on the retail side. I'm going to buy before them because I'm going to buy from somebody who's going to sell me the part. And in reality, once we get it to the United States, then it's shipped to a variety of different warehouses throughout the United States and then distributed to guys like me. I'm the installer. So I'm going to then send it, sell it to you. Now remember that $8.50 mount? Okay. It's going to cost you $79.50. It's going to cost you. The guy that makes the most money is not China. China made 25 cents a piece on it. The guy that made the most money on that part is me. Is me, the installer. I make the most money. I probably make $35 to $45 on that mount. And that's the difference between what I bought it for and what I sell it for. Now, I have a responsibility the rest of them don't have. I have to warranty the mount. So if the mount comes apart or goes bad or is defective, I typically will, well, my shop will do the part and the labor for free. Some shops will charge you labor and they'll give you a new part. I don't care about all that. But I make the most money. I make 30 to $40 of profit. And then you pay $79 for the mount. That's how it works. So the idea that we're sending all this huge money to China and that they're keeping it is just not true. 25 cents on that motor mount is this still in China. <laughs> and the rest of it is between the transportation and then the warehouse that sells it to the warehouse that sells it to Mark Salem, and Mark Salem puts it in your car. And Mark Salem is the big guy that makes the most money, but I also have to warranty the part. And so when it comes time to warranty, I've already made a lot on that part, so I can buy another part and put it on, and I'm going to be okay. And that's the reason why we make the most money is because at the end of the day, we have to warranty the problem part. Now, my vendor is going to give me another mount, and he's probably going to give it to me for free. And depending on our relationship, he may or may not financially participate in the labor. Some shops want street labor. So if their labor rate's $120 an hour, they want the parts store to pay $120 an hour. Um, I, I make a different deal with, with my vendors. I want them to pay the technician's hourly rate. So if the shop rate's 120 and the technician's at 35, then I want 35 for the hour it takes me to swap it. We work together. We all have different ideas how to do it. It's just a really a matter of what works and floats your boat. That's it. The car dealers, they talk about you need to get Toyota parts and Honda parts and stuff like that. Our parts department can cross virtually any part number into 20 other part numbers, and it's the same part. So when people say, I want you to put Honda, Toyota, Chevy, Ford, Dodge parts in my car, I don't spend a lot of time trying to change their minds. I just say to them, can we just pick the part that we'd put on our own car, our own Dodge? I mean, Mark's wife drives a Ford. Can, can, Can we pick parts that we would put on her Ford or Mark's Dodge or or the shuttle bus C10 Chevy pickup trucks and stuff like that. Those are the kinds of things that that go on behind the scenes. 
but the fact of the matter is 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 we buy parts that have names on them that you typically won't hear because this is a vendor that bought 10,000 motor mounts and put them in boxes and knows it's a hot number and they know that they're going to be able to sell them. And so they put them in big warehouses and when we go in on the computer, there's three different vendors for the motor mount and we look at the name. Do we recognize the name? We look at the warranty and we look at our cost. Now, it goes without saying that I would imagine, I'm going to guess with you, that most everybody that's in that environment is going to get the cheapest one. <laughs> Here's what really happens. You can pick the cheapest one, but you can pick the highest list price. So you can not only buy the cheapest one, but you can look at all of them, and they say, oh, this motor mount's $25, and the list price is 40 Well, this motor mount's 15 well, if I got a 15 in, in writing and I got a 40 over here, then I think I'm going to buy it for 15 and sell it for 40. That goes on all the time. It's okay. That's the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. And you are not going to change the industry, neither am I. But that's kind of what happens behind the scenes. That's the reason why most of us give a warranty on our parts, because we did make money and we can use that money to put you back together and keep you as a customer. And there are times that we have to financially participate because if we have a power steering hose that blows up and covers the engine in oil, then somebody's going to have to steam clean the engine and clean all that up, and that's going to be me because my hose made a, uh, made a mess of your car. I may not have enough money to do all of that, but I'm going to do it. And if I have to eat some, then that's just the cost of doing business. That's kind of how it works. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem, 602-508-0960. I have a new car. Uh, This person, and we're not going to use names. Somebody says this and somebody says that. Would you chime in? And I'm pretty good at those kinds of questions. So one more time, 602-508-0960 or 888-960-9696. Are you debating whether to rent or own? It's no secret that rents are skyrocketing, and with rent comes the uncertainty of substantial rent increases from year to year. In many instances, home ownership is considerably more affordable. Monthly mortgage payments are often cheaper than what you'd pay in rent. There are tax benefits, not to mention property value appreciation and increased home equity. Take the first step and call Steve Oswald from Finance of America Mortgage, 602-266-5665. With over 20 years' experience and invaluable market insight, Steve can help you make an informed, knowledgeable decision so that you can choose the mortgage product that's right for you. Because Steve is a mortgage banker, every step stays local and in-house. Begin your path to home ownership and call Steve Oswald with Finance of America Mortgage, 602-266-5665, or go to steveoswald.mortgage, steveoswald.mortgage. Equal Housing Lender, MLO 182922, NMLS 107.1, 091-0184. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't Don't wait wait until until it's it's too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at powertoendstroke.org. 
brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. It was 100 plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. All about that demon, all the Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 or 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock. And we have two callers on the line, so we're going to go straight to them. If you'd like to call us, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, you're welcome to call us. And, Kevin, you're first. How can I help you this morning? Hey, good morning, Mark. Say, I really enjoy your show and the way you uh, honestly approach all the uh, service questions. Um, I've got a uh, 2017 uh, Ford Explorer that I bought new, okay. and it's got the uh, 2.3 uh, Conor Boost engine. It's, the, of course, front-wheel drive. It's um, over 90,000 miles on, about 91,000. Now, it's been a great car, no, no problems, uh, nothing. But I'm getting to that point where I've you know gone through the extended 100,000-mile warranty. And, of course, I'm getting a lot of, uh, you know, uh, approaches from the dealers want me to trade it in stuff, but uh, I'm just wondering: is there been a record of uh, any problems with these 2017 Explorers and the Car Boost uh, turbocharged engine as it's approaching the 100,000 mile range? I can answer your question bluntly. Every motor we replace, every motor we fix, is going to die for one of two reasons: the bone head behind the steering wheel or miles. I want to tell you the other day, and I know this sounds stupid, I've been wanting an old excursion, which was just made for three years in the early 2000s, and yeah, I wanted I that. One. You have one? The 7.3? No, I no, I had one. Okay. 
Okay. Years ago. <laughs> the seven three. You know how much those are bringing right now? Those are bringing oh, I know. between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. And listen to this. They all have 200,000 miles on them. So I'm going to tell oh, you right uncle, now. My uncle staying with me right now from Havasu. He's got a 99 with a 7.3. It's a, it's a three-quarter ton pickup. But. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the answer to your question is, is that motor is going to last until you overheat it and damage it, until you run it low, oil and low, it, low on oil and damage it. It'll go north of 200,000 miles. Let me tell you, my truck has 146 on it. I have a Dodge with a diesel. My wife's car has 142, I think. We've got shop trucks that are north of 100,000 miles. And every motor we replace, every single motor we replace has been damaged by the bonehead with the steering wheel in their hand. Sure. So we, we, I, I just, my son's got an excursion because I wanted one like his. And his is 226, and mine is 203 or something like that. Both of them. Now, 200,000 miles is eight times around the equator. Neither one of them. No, I, I've usually had, you know, 150,000 or more miles on. And usually I've got, you know, I've had V8s, you know. But this is my first uh, adventure into the into the four-cylinder. But that Turbo 4 was just amazing. And I don't pull anything without, like you, I've got a... A three-quarter ton Dodge pickup with a Cummins in it that uh, I pull everything with. But uh, I'm just wondering, with that small turbocharged engine, am I looking at uh, you know some possible big um, uh, repair problems here with it? You know, breaking down if I'm taking care of it well after the- um, a hundred thousand miles, or is it is it like a lot of the other V8s and stuff? It's going to go on as long as you take care of it. I can take care of the next 100,000 miles on your car for the sales tax on the new one they want you to buy. Just That's the sales tax alone. <laughs> just the sales tax alone, okay? I'll just, now, right now, used cars are a premium, a premium. They oh, want know. your used car, but, but then they want to put you, you know, on a new one. But there are dogs out there, too. There's certain certain engines that were made, certain cars that were made that, that okay. have some... Functional problems, but usually they show up before 100,000 miles, so that's why I was feeling fairly confident. No, now your 2.3 is going to, if any, anything goes wrong with the turbo on that, it's typically because of an oil maintenance issue where we're going a little too long on the oil changes because the turbo likes oil, but it likes fresh oil. It likes not oil that's contaminated and it's got some really small orifices in it, so we need to squeeze oil into those. The real motivation here is is your used car is worth a lot of money right now. The 2.3 is a great turbo motor. It has no problems that I know of. And in addition to that, if they're going to trade yours in, they're going to sell you a new one. So they're going to double dip the deal like they, they, like they do, and it's okay with me. They make money on the trade. They make money on the new one. And right now, that's what it's all about. So it's just that they like your car, and they made you an offer, but... If I were you, I'd just keep what you got. It'll be fine. And then, too, you mentioned something that sparked a question. Um, with that uh, turbo, I know my uh, owner's manual requires just requires a semi-synthetic oil. Um, would I be better off using a full synthetic with, with that turbocharged you, engine? Is there any advantage to that? Well, do you drive like a teenager sometimes and act stupid and go fast? 
Not terribly. It, mostly my wife drives it. I drive the Cummins. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, it, I'm, it, I'm just a big truck guy. <laughs> okay. okay. You answered my question. You answered it. The answer to the question was, is Mark, I don't drive it much. My wife does. And I drive, I abuse the Dodge and she abuses, or she doesn't abuse. Listen, you stick with a semi-synthetic. There's no benefit at this particular point. Just stick with the semi-synthetic. Keep her in the car. Every once in a while, take the car yourself and... You know, you're going to go to Payson, you're going to go to Flagstaff, then, you know, flog it a little bit when you're on the freeway, and uh, let's let's get the horse to run and gallop fast, and that's all. But I can tell you right now, every every motor I replace has been overheated or run low on oil. I, I don't sure. see any oil engines that wear out anymore. The only engines I fix are ones that have been abused by the the person behind the wheel. So to answer your question, I mean, my wife's car, she's going to go 200,000 miles. And we're going to go until the, we get oil leaks because of internal pressure. We got blow-by. That causes oil leaks. It's time to get rid of the car or put a motor in it. Now, in our particular case, I think my wife likes her little Ford Edge so much that we'll put another motor in it. On my Dodge mm-hmm. truck, it's a 12, and it, has, it, it, it did not come with DEF. And so I'm going to keep my Dodge truck forever. Yeah, only because <laughs> yeah mine is 2006 <laughs> there you go there you go so that's kind of what it is but don't be afraid of the 2.3 it's a great motor and the only time we do any work to those is when they've been abused if you put a trailer behind there that's bigger than you ought to pull then you go to flagstaff and you do that last four oh, or five mile hill trailer hitch on it. <laughs> okay i'm giving you an example you put a trailer yeah. behind it, and you go to Flagstaff, and in that last long haul, your foot's to the floor the entire time. There's a good chance you're going to hurt the motor being stupid. But if you sure. don't do that, sure. then you don't have any problem. i got to run. But thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. And, Leonard, you stay right there because I'll be back in three minutes. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. 
A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I fish. I also clean local waterways so others can fish and swim. I help build public boat ramps for easy access to the water. I provide fishing and water safety education for kids. I maintain a healthy fish population so tomorrow's anglers can enjoy a catch. I prevent unwanted species from spreading into waters where they don't belong. I restore the condition of rivers to help fish and wildlife thrive. I fund long-term plans to protect our lakes and streams. I do all of these things and more, all because I buy a fishing license. When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. In fact, every dollar from a license purchase protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. To learn more about how you can get your fishing license, go to TakeMeFishing.org. That's TakeMeFishing.org. Welcome back, everybody. It's 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and let's go to the phones because we promised Leonard we were going to get him first, and Bob, you stay there because you're next. Leonard, good morning. How can we help you? Good morning, Mark. I went on my computer to find out, get some information on check engine light, and it said there, unless your check engine, if your yellow light stays steady, this is not urgent. What do you think of that? Well, that there, there's a variety of answers to your question, and it depends on what decade your car was in. Typically, they talk. First of all, your check engine light is yellow, which means caution. Yes. It, it doesn't mean stop. It doesn't mean lose your temper. It doesn't mean, you know, tow it in. It doesn't mean. In the old days, they used to flash the engine light at you, telling you the problem was there right then and right there. That really didn't make any difference to those that fix the car. We don't care about that. So if you have a check engine light and it's yellow, you can be just like my wife. You can drive it for six months and not tell anybody, and there's no harm, no foul, unless you smell sulfur. If you smell sulfur, that means that we're overfueling the engine, we're going to dilute the oil, and we're we're going to take a risk of having a catalytic converter fail. So the sulfur with the check engine light means you need to get help. I haven't taken to an auto parts store get them, put, let them plug in and get a reading on it yet. Well, all they're going to do is give you the code, and then they're going to give you a list of stuff that they hope you buy because those things typically fix the problem. It's going to have an oxygen sensor and a MAP sensor and a mass airflow sensor, and it's going to have all this stuff. I want to tell you something. We see those cars come in all the time, Bob or Leonard. We see them come in, and we open the hood, and they've got, you know, three four five hundred dollars worth of new parts on them and we find out over here that the pcv valve hose that connects to the back of the intake manifold has a big hole in it we cut the end of the hose we plug it in we charge them 35 dollars and we just fix the problem after they spent 400 guessing so that happens a lot i i I try to caution people but let me admit to this don't tell anybody this okay i'm going to admit to this the other day, my wife calls me, and she says, and we're up in Payson. We're up, I'm getting ready to bring the horses. I'm going to get the horses this afternoon and take them north because it's too hot here. Anyway, so she calls me. She says, i got to check engine light on my Ford. And I said, oh, it's time to trade it in. She says, don't be an idiot. What's the matter with it? And I said, how the heck would I know what's the matter with it? I said, just stop on your way into Payson. Stop at O'Reilly's there and have them pull the code and give you the paper that goes with it. 
So she gives me the paper that goes with it. It's, it's a catalyst code. So I cleared the code, and we've driven up and down the mountain a couple of times, and the code hasn't come back, and the check engine light hasn't come on. I have no intention of doing anything unless I have a clue as to what it was on. I think what happened was she was probably, I said to her, did you come up the hill hard, fast and hard? She says, no, not any more than normal. Well, if if you come up that hill from Rye and your foot's on the floor and you got a gas motor, sometimes you'll overload the catalytic converter with fuel, and it'll have a tough time burning off that fuel, and it might set the light, but typically it'll go out after a couple days. So, But she didn't wait for that. She So I'm not real worried about it. We just cleared the code. It didn't come back, and I'm not going to lose any sleep until it does come back. Could I have a follow-up question? Sure. Okay. Uh, re- re- regarding uh, losing, uh, losing coolant situation, and I look on there, and there's a lot of stuff you can put in to stop leak. Do you have any faith in those at all? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of stop leak unless it's a 55 Chevy or a 72 Ford or something like that of the older but, vehicles. You know, Barsley claims it does a good job, you know. Yeah, and well. You don't have to remove anything to put their bar stuff in there. You don't have to remove anything. I I understand that, but but really and truly, what really needs to happen is is somebody needs to pressure test the cooling system. So they take the radiator cap off, pump, they look at the cap, the cap's 16 pounds, we put 17 in it, and then we look and go, oh, the water pump's leaking. That ain't going to fix with bar stop leak. Oh, look there, the radiator's got a bad neck on it. That's not going to fix with bar stop leak. Oh, look that, we got a cylinder full of water. That's not going to fix. So, and, but, but, but really, Leonard, a lot of times all it is is tighten up a clamp. So, so if you, if you take it someplace, then I suggest that you say, let's start with the pressure test and find out where the water leaks at. That's all. Let's start there. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) All righty. Okay, Mark. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And by the way, stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you very much, Leonard, for that. Thank you, Bob. You're up next. How can I help you, Bob? Hi, Mark. I took my wife's 2021 Chevy Equinox in for a transmission fluid flush, even though the owner's manual says 50,000 miles, but she's a realtor and she puts on a lot of miles. She was out of town. So I took it in at 32,000 miles, and they showed me a sample, and the fluid was just black. We took it to an independent shop that we've been going to for a long time. So he said you should go to the dealer and show them this sample, you know, in a clear plastic water bottle. Mm-hmm. And the service writer showed some service techs at the Chevy dealer, you know, where we bought it. Yeah. And they said, they said that fluid always comes out looking like that whenever they change it. So she wasn't having any problems. We had the fluid flushed and put in new fluid and everything seems okay. Do you think I should be worried because the fluid just looked black? I think you should just keep doing what you're doing. I think you should inspect the fluid every once in a while. I think you should just keep an eye on it. We don't have an explanation. Bob, sometimes we'll have somebody who's in their 80s bring their car in, and you know that the throttle's never been pushed past 25%. (laughs) And we'll find oil that's unconventionally colored or fluid, power steering fluid. We don't know why. We just don't know why. But we do know this. If it's a pattern, there's a problem. But unless we can duplicate the pattern, there is no problem. So in the case of us, I'd just take the fluid out, put new fluid in, and keep track of it. I'd want to know how many miles until we start discoloring the fluid again. And I'll tell you something else. Every day of my life, there's a new service bulletin out that said, 
If you have a 1986 Ford and you have more than 125,000 miles on it, you may notice that the tailpipe exhaust (laughs) is purple. And when that's the case, come and see us. Because we find out stuff long after a lot. But in your particular case, you don't... The only thing you can do is you can flush it when it discolors and continue to do that. And in that case, I would just do a suck and fill. I just suck it out of the pan, put new fluid in it, and go from there. But if you want to get all of it, you're going to have to pull the cooler lines off of it, and you're going to have to flush the transmission and the cooler. That's a little, That's twice or maybe three times just a suck and fill. So those are your options. These new transmissions, they don't even put dipsticks on them. You I know. I know. It's ridiculous. There's cars out there that have bigger problems than that right there. But, no, I, I agree with you. There's, it's difficult at best. And now we have new fluids, new machines that go along with this fancy transmission where we attach two hoses to it and we just push in clean and, and flush out new. Well, the outside hose, the hose that brings the fluid back into the container, is clear. So you can actually flush it until it's clear and then you shut it off you button everything up and you hand them the bill so we can do that and that's what we're going to do with a transmission that typically has a had no has no dipstick but i want to tell you they're certainly in the minority that was an idea that i don't think will continue i think we're going to get back go back to dipsticks i i feel like that's what we're going to end up doing yeah thanks Mark. okay good luck to you 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem, Gil, do you have a problem? Uh, I can't handle marriage problems, and I can't handle kid problems, but Gil, he's my engineer. Do you have a car problem? Uh, currently, uh, no, no, but I need, do need an oil change soon, so that's all okay. I have to worry about. Okay, okay. <laughs> the most embarrassing thing for me, Gil, is, is I loaned my truck to somebody up in Payson the other day, and he says, do you ever look at that door sticker, that window sticker in the upper left-hand corner of the windshield? And I said, of course I do. And he goes, well, you're about 8,000 miles past your oil change due. <laughs> hey, how would he know? <laughs> been and and I, I, I said, you know, my wife's been driving this truck, and she, she just didn't notice that. And so that's what I said. But, <laughs> that, that's uh, good to know. And, and, and come, speaking of that, I'll tell you something else that I'm seeing a lot of is I'm seeing that we sell you the premium oil change that costs you between 100 and $200. But we put a 3,000-mile call on the sticker on the window. And that's that's a violation of of every every rule in our industry. If we're going to put a premium oil in it, we're going to give you a premium oil change. But just the other day, a friend of mine took his car into a shop in Payson. And he had the, sh- the oil change done, and they sold him a super-duper top-of-the-line oil change, oil filter change, and they put a 3,000-mile call on it. But it was a synthetic oil, and in his car, that should have been at least a 6 and maybe even an 8 or a 9,000-mile interval. But they put a 3,000-mile interval on a premium oil change. So that's just a little troubling for me. Um, I I lost confidence in that sticker, and um, I I said something to my friend about I think this is worth asking him because it might be a, a mistake. It might be that the guy that changed the oil put the synthetic in it, but the guy that did the oil sticker thought he put conventional in it. And there's just a difference in the oil change interval. 
that because we put you on a 5,000 or 8,000 or 10,000 mile oil change interval, you still have a responsibility every once in a while to check the oil. That's still your responsibility. Today, if we change your oil at 3,000 miles, most cars aren't even a quart low at 3,000 miles. So if you want to change your oil, then put conventional in it. Change it every 3,000 miles and you should be okay. Most cars in the last 15 years will have something to tell you on the dash if the oil level gets low or if you lose oil pressure, you're certainly going to get a red light. And that would be a mark. The first thing you do is pull the dipstick and see you know, if you're low on oil and stuff. But again, most of the engines that we replace have been abused and we've had a lot of engines in our fleet that have well over 100, 200, 300,000 miles and have never been opened up, but they've also never been seized up. They've never been abused and they've never been overheated where the motor parts of the engine change colors. So you, you get the exhaust manifolds to where they're white, that motor has experienced a significant he- overheat problem. and. Those are the things that we look at. So we're going to come back with another hour. If you'd like to join us, you can. Here's the numbers. 602-508-0960 if you have a car question or a car problem. 602-508-0960. And if you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area or on iHeartRadio, then 888-960-9696. That's 888-960-9696. I'm Mark Salem. And we've, we're going to be back for another two hours. And, Gil, you just caught me because I'm looking at the stupid clock and I realize I'm two minutes early. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, Mark. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Oh, boy. Part of, of the relationship between you and your shop should just be honesty. And they should honestly tell you sometimes not to do something. If everything that comes out of their mouth is, is you need to do this next or you should have done this, Every time, everywhere, under all circumstances, just try another shop and see if you get along. And in addition to that, we've had a big change in our industry. We had a a bunch of big conglomerations come in and buy a lot of independent, privately owned auto repair shops and has turned them into big, big repair vendors. And we had uh, three tire stores, and one of them was on the west side, and I think they had two or three tire stores, and they're, they're now a new name, and the owners have been bought out. We had another north uh, tire chain with two or three stores, and they've been bought out. Then we had another East Phoenix tire store chain, and they've been bought out. So when you look at all of those... We have new people, and they paid millions of dollars for these auto repair shops. So I can assure you, the prices aren't going to be cheaper than they were before. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So there's still a lot of independents out there. There's a lot of chain stores that have good, good, honest people working for them. I can give you a tire store discount. Tire is one of them. But uh, just and if you don't know where to go, then go to the local auto parts store and ask them who pays their bills, who's been in business a very long time, who doesn't try your parts on, and then if it doesn't fix the problem, they return them in a box. That's kind of stuff. Again, 602 508 960.